middle class. The rich people don't pay taxes. Or they figure out creative ways to not pay taxes. Why can't the middle class do that? Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to that next trying, level. Shit. Get some trying. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Got to get you a CPA, man. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Ah, Michael, man, what's up? What's up, Stevie Stacks, man? How you been? Oh, you know, kicking it old school. Kicking it old school. Sounds like old school. You got some exciting news for the fans, don't you? Yes, sir. Before we get into that, this is episode 103 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, Turo, Share Economy, yada, 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 um, podcast. And we're happy to be back. Yeah, happy to be back, man. So, yeah, yeah I got, man. I got a new baby. Got a new baby. <laughs> Dive right into it, man. Thank you, sir. A little, another baby girl. Another baby girl. You up to what, three? Three girls, man. That's Three crazy. girls, man. Yeah, there's no hope for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, going for, you going for a boy? Uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I'm going to keep trying, man. Oh, was, you are? Uh, yeah, it was funny. I got a physical the other day. Yeah. And this um this older black woman was like was the one, you know, taking my blood and I didn't want to look and all that. And so she was asking me about, you know, just just small talk, getting my mind off of it. It's and, and pretty much saying that um and I told her I have another daughter. She goes, "Oh, you got all daughters, huh?" I was like <laughs> I, I was like, "Yeah." She said, "Well, you just ain't hitting it right." <laughs> just, <laughs> like, yeah, come on, man. man. <laughs> So yeah, man, you, you you really gonna go for another boy for another for a boy? Yeah, why not? Oh man, well, you I'm, I'm, I'm a five. Yeah, why not? What if you have a girl? That's fine. We'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> my my thing is uh, a house for each one. You know, I gotta get a, at least I gotta get at least one house for each kid. No doubt. That's what's up. That's what's up. So that's some good financial financial planning ahead of you, man. You have to get them all a house. Because that's it. Yeah, each house is their college, right? If they choose to Straight go up. that route. Yeah. If not, you know, whatever. It's a new. It's their. It's their starting ground. It's their starter home investment. You know, keep it rolling. Yeah, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, man. You have to keep going. About to have what four or five? Five actually. Five after this. Four after. <laughs> That'll be four yeah. after this one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a dive right into it. Um, this is yeah. gonna be a good episode. It's me and you, Ep. You and I. Yeah. And um, we're going to have some fun, talk some shop, and um, talk some good Airbnb um, share economy stuff. Yeah, man. I saw you writing notes with like a crazy man. Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of stuff this week, man. But uh, on to your notes, though, because what have you been up to? Like, you, uh, how's your Airbnb? Because I know, because I honestly want to know about your automations, because, I mean, you've been real busy, because you've been busy with like, what, having a baby in the hospital. How's your Airbnb been going? Man, I, I, it's, it's crazy. I couldn't do this without automation. Automation <laughs> is automation is everything, man. And yeah. um, and it's like just just having a cleaner, just having a, a a trustworthy you know cleaner that goes in there does an awesome job, and um, that's everything, dude. Because hold on, let me adjust this real quick. And um, 
because before, like I said, this is you know going back to the previous apps. My wife was doing the turnovers, and um, yeah. and man, and of course she was been pregnant for the last nine months, <laughs> and there's no yeah. way she's going to do it, and I didn't want her to do it, and um, so anyways, I just. I, that's why I hopped on that turnover B&B, got the cleaner in place, got a good one, and, and she's doing good work, you know. And uh, I, something on that, too, real quick, because y- you got to stay on them. You got to stay on them. And um, I just got a, I just got an Airbnb question right now on my watch. I try to, like, not get alerts. But, so this, yeah. lady, this lady asked me, should we bring towels? And this is an older couple, so they're, they're old school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So after I'm done making my point, I'll let you talk, and I'll tell them, uh, come, on, come on, man, you know better than that. <laughs> of course yeah, you got to yeah, bring yeah, your yeah, own you towels. You automate just... that, too. Get you a VA for three bucks an hour to answer that question for them. You see? But, you um, see? Um, but, yeah, just having that cleaner. I mean, they do the pretty much to do the turnovers and everything. And um, it's been a, a lifesaver, dude. And I've got on that. I've tried. I tried this app that um, that your Porter app that um, mm-hmm. a- AJ was telling me about. Mm-hmm. I need to have a sit down with him, man, because I can't figure that thing out. I, I've tried. It works sometimes. Sometimes it don't work. It's not been working, and it's just like I don't know what. That, I mean, it's 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 a confusing. Have you ever tried your Porter? I haven't tried it, but my boy Josh Josh lives by it so i know it's legit because he does it for his property management for his short-term rental property management so i've heard good things about it uh what what exactly does it do josh attaboy josh attaboy yeah yeah he um it it, it pretty much you you can set up the greetings you know the a message as soon as they book it automatically Mm -hmm. sends them oh thank you for booking or whatever you want to put you know and it fills in their name whatever and then, um, then like a day before, it sends them the the address and the and all the information, house rules, and you know, it just you can set it for a week before, you can set it for a day before. It sounds great. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Like yeah, I can automate it. All my messages coming in, going out, and um, and then when they leave a day before, you can set up. Hey, you know, this is what we need done before you leave. And then you can you know an exit let an, an exit thing, and yeah. you, just all the yeah all the message automations. Which I was like, oh great, this is gonna save me tons of time. But man, I just can't get it to work right. I've been trying. I mean, I've been trying at it, and I've been some. Like I said, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. And I just, um, I need to get get with somebody on that. Cause. Yeah, I've I've heard a few people talk about your port. I heard it's pretty good once it's up and running. Um, but yeah, I, I've been using Smart B and B. But yeah, your port, I heard it does just as well. But um, yeah, man. But other than that, I've been uh, I've been on the house hunting. The not house hunting. Let me let me rephrase that. The land hunting journey. I um really been trying to uh, really just been trying to find some land with no HOA, and that's pr- pr- proving to be impossible. Dude, if you're going to go to one of those new build lots, so you have to go farther out and just find some land that's just sitting there, and then buy it. So I was looking at Cedar Hill, and I realized I ended up driving into a damn near. Seven hundred thousand dollar to a million dollar neighborhood, bunch of football players and their kids were out there. You know, professional <laughs> folk. That's where like the professionals live at, yeah. on Cedar Hill and South Grand Prairie. Um, but yeah, man, that's just pretty much been looking for a lot. Matter of fact, if any of our listeners know where any lots are, Arlington, Mansfield, Grand Prairie, Cedar Hill, uh, with no HOA, holla at your boy. <laughs> so, yeah, holla at me. Uh, but other than that, man, yeah, I, that's what I've been doing. Just trying to come up with ways, the ways of automations, better automations. But I got everything pretty much automated now. Really trying to grow. Get my, I want this new house built. So, 
So people, about the automation thing, and people, uh, you know, some people refuse to, well, they don't refuse, they just don't jump into it and say, ah, I'm going to just handle everything myself. That's mm-hmm. fine and dandy, but, I mean, but I just, I, I, just by this alone, I proved, I can go, <laughs> I'll say make a baby, <laughs> you know, have my wife carry it for nine months, and then I could, um, yeah, we can deliver it and have me in the hospital and not worry about a damn thing, and the house would just be running smooth. That I mean, we can bring life onto this planet with automation. <laughs> That's right how up. strong it is, you know what I'm saying? Right up, man. And there's people that are just trying to hustle and, and keep themselves busy in the wrong ways. And I've been hearing that more and more on these business podcasts. You know, they've just been like, um, yeah, you know, just why, why? You can pay people to do almost everything nowadays in every Straight aspect up. of your business, but you can't pay them to think of the big ideas and the big picture for your business. You got that straight off the Bigger Pockets podcast today. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. A few that days one. ago, but yeah, but I was like, that's mind blowing. You can't pay him to make those big decisions, big ideas. Yeah. Because you, that's you, definitely you, the truth, though. That's the truth. It, it, you can you can pay anybody to do anything for you, man. Seriously, I was. It's funny. Last night I was making some updates on, on our website, um, and I was sitting there trying to googling stuff on WordPress. I was like, I forget this. I just went to my VA. I told him, Hey, I'm gonna send you a task. Send you a video. Send him a video of the task put it on his work schedule and he already has it done so you know what i'm saying it's just it's just a matter of doing stuff like that you know getting your time back so you can focus on other things that's the most but, valuable thing in life right time yeah your time. your time can't get it back but yeah have you ever heard of bit.ly bit.ly what's that like these these little links that people are using to uh i guess it'd be good if you go airbnb underground or whatever uh it's like a link you can put into uh, Airbnb after somebody books. And after they book it, they click on it, and like you can set up instructions for them. Like, hey, here's the instructions for this, this, and this. But it takes them outside of Airbnb for the link, which I didn't know you could do it. But uh, Norman stayed at an Airbnb, and he showed it to us. He was like, hey, this might be kind of interesting. I was like, oh, dang, you know. But if you want to take them outside of Airbnb, but you can put the link in the messages, you know, shoot them over to like this link website. If you can give them the full instructions how to get in all that i mean i do it to the messenger but it's just another little cool trick he showed us oh nice that would help yeah. some people out dot ly huh yeah how yeah i noticed you just responded to your guests how fast do you communicate with your guests uh, as fast as i see the message fast as you see the message that's good because uh norman he was down in uh where do you go? he went to atlanta and he had a issue with the airbnb host he asked him a question, like, I think a day or so before he was set to arrive, like, a day or so he was set to arrive. They didn't answer him for, like, eight hours, man. I was like, damn. Mm. But it, it, it's a trip how people are like that with their business. But he, 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 after he went there, he was like, I think it's an Airbnb underground. They don't want nobody to know that they're doing it. But they really weren't doing a good job of it. So it's kind of crazy. It's, and I noticed that, too, like, when I stay at Airbnbs, I stayed at one in Portland. It wasn't automated. Like I had to knock on their door to find out how to get in because they didn't have an automated messaging system set up. So mm. automations are great for the guests too. Yeah, yeah. And most of us, well, I'm a little bit. I can, you know, I'm a little bit in the older generation, a little bit in the millennial, whatever they call it, generation. But um, most of us, we don't want to deal with. Um, <laughs> if we don't have to deal face to face with people, let's just say it. We don't. It's just something we don't. 
really look forward to all the time. Not most of us. Maybe some of us are people, 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 persons like like to do all that. Ah, we just I just want to get to my freaking place, check in myself, and then I'm I'm good. I'm you know I don't want to. Hey, you know I'm, this is my house. This is my wife. Here's our doggy. You know here's here's some good places. I don't want all that. I just just <laughs> tell me the damn door code and and where stuff's at. What I need to know, and I can I can figure this out. You know I don't know Google if it's just. <laughs> Huh? I can Google that shit. That was giving me the code <laughs> to the door. <laughs> oh man, it's just like funny. I, I don't know, man. It's just like it's 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 cool. It's bringing older generations and younger generations together. Because I like yeah. I said before, we did this podcast. I, I of course I didn't have an Airbnb, but I stayed at plenty of Airbnbs. And yeah. Um, and yeah, the older generation they do it different. And uh, we stayed at an older yeah. couple's house, and they were all up in our Kool Aid the whole time. And it was weird, man. I just like <laughs> we just rented a room from their house, and oh, uh, in a private room. The one remember I told you, oh, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, I brought it up, and she, and she asked, "I'm Cali." Oh, those French fries look good. We're eating some water burger in the living room, and she's like, "You want some?" Oh, sure, I have a few. And started eating off my French fries, man. <laughs> No, that Yo. was uh, no, that was in uh, San Antonio. That was in San Antonio. Damn, yeah, that was just yeah. a little bit too close to comfort. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I ain't just... never, I ain't never hit the private room, man. I rented them, but I ain't never stayed in one, dude. Like, yeah, I, well, I'm not. I'm well, not... see, like y'all, you, um, you you rented private rooms, but you didn't, you didn't get in the the people's space if they didn't want you there, no, right? I, I didn't even want them in mine. I could avoid it. <laughs> For real, like, I, uh, but no, most of when I was doing private rooms, like straight up, when I was doing private rooms, like people barely ever, like I gave them a whole living room upstairs and they never used it. Like big sixty-five inch TV up there and everything, they just never used it. So I was like, brought the sixty-five inch down here and put a fifty-five <laughs> up there. Still didn't use it. I was like, cool. Common area, huh? Yeah, but but this shows you when people do rent private rooms, the people who rent, they kind of just want their privacy, right? Yeah, they kind of want the privacy, so I, I always loved it that way. But yeah, I've, I've never stayed in one. I've always stayed in entire places. Yeah, I, I I always look for those first. But back in the day, you know, when stuff was like certain time of year, stuff was crazy expensive, and I I've done a few private rooms, and they weren't you know, it wasn't too bad, it wasn't too yeah. bad. They give you your space, and so, and a lot of people rent out private rooms, and they're hardly there when you're there. That's cool too. I rented out a, a space in Galveston. We didn't even see the people because they. I think they were there one night at, in there, but they went straight to their room and they just they didn't come out. And it's like it's kind of like having the whole house to ourselves, but we were just written a private room, yeah. So hey, um, yeah, I, I went on vacation and left people in and out. Then I can lock the door from my phone and everything else. Ain't so. that a trip, dude? You know, yeah. you know, it's so funny. It's like people trip out, and I see guys at work that are all about these. You know, they got the ring on their on their homes or whatever cameras. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you see them, oh, you know, they're looking at it every five seconds, like, oh, well, a cat walked past it and, and triggered the ring, you know, or, uh, oh, the mailman, oh, what's he, I'm like, there's they're really, they're, they're that tied to their home, they're over there checking it every five seconds and, and paranoid and shit, and we're over here written it out to freaking strangers from all over the world, you left the whole, t- you left the whole, whatever, country. state, country, <laughs> And, and you got and you're like ah just you know people come in can come and go as they please it is like yeah it's just it's a new a, time we're living in it's a new it time and and people need to say get over that but it's like 
It's a freaking a house is a freaking object, dude. Why are you gonna make? You're not a slave to your house. Your house is something that you use, and we use it to make money. That is where you hit it on the head. A house is something you use. Not all people have that mentality. I've come to realize that not all people people connect themselves to a house. Like most people, some people don't even look at a house as an investment. They literally look at it as I just want a place to call home and live, which is cool, but. It's just an object, man. It's mm-hmm. an object. It's a built, man-made, built object, dude. It ain't. It's a hundred houses out there, dog. <laughs> a million houses. A out million there. houses out there. <laughs> it, it ain't. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, people's like, oh man, you want to build a house? Why do you want to do that? So I can live for free. So I can use it to live for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not use. I'm not building a house. So, oh yeah, this is my house and all that. Getting attached to it, nah. Yeah, people are talking about, oh, you know, this is going to be our forever home. Everything's got to be perfect, this and that. And then, like, yeah, that shit wears off quick. You you have your your open house, or if I don't even believe in those myself. Uh, you have an open house. Everybody come over. Hey, come look at my badass house, you know, whatever. Bring me some stuff. Bring me some gifts. And um, then people, <laughs> I heard it put this way, open house is just for um, strangers to come eat and shit at your house and then never come back again. <laughs> Oh, you mean a home warming party? Home, home warming, housewarming, yeah. Housewarming, oh yeah, I always uh, do those. Yeah, well, I have, I have huge housewarming parties. <laughs> That's so you have, you make a party out of it. It's not just to show off your home. It's just like, hey, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, black community, we do that shit to get free shit. And <laughs> <laughs> fill, fill the liquor cabinet party. Straight up, man. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, but, I, I do housewarming parties whenever I buy, move into something anyway. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. But um, I just you know I, what though? You made me think of a good idea. What's that? Every time I buy a house, I should have a housewarming party in it just to get free stuff for the Airbnb, set it up, and roll back to my old crib. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I just thought about that. Yeah, because you know, I don't know about black unity. We bring a bunch of stuff. They bring pots, pans, all types of new stuff. So. <laughs> your friends would be like, damn, fool, quit buying new houses. <laughs> costing me money. For real, man. I was thinking about That's a smart idea, actually. But yeah, man. But anyways, I guess the whole point of it was like people are attached to these, yeah, your forever home, your dream home, this and that. It's just stuff that's been beaten to our brain from advertisers for years, you know. But it, it, that's the crazy thing. We've we've figured out a way to turn these things, these like the biggest liability in our lives into the biggest um, asset in our lives because it's making yeah. us money. Yeah. Because a mortgage, I tell people that, like, if you live in a house and it ain't, and you're paying a mortgage every month, that house is a liability. There ain't no asset to that. That's all I was trying to, that's what I'm trying to hurry up and get out of this one. You know, I could rent rooms, but it's like, man, I need my own space. So that's why I'm like, man, I got to get back to that because you're right. I was looking over Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Cash Flow Quadrant. And he, he said it, man. The house is the biggest liability, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, there's yeah. a there's a dude I follow. Um, I didn't mention any names, but one of the podcasts I follow, and he said, um, buy property where it makes sense, and live, and rent where you want to live. In other words, the higher end you go on the rental scale, the more bang for the buck you get. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he says because he'll rent like two or three thousand dollars a month houses that are like pretty much practically mansions and stuff that he that will cost them a crap load of money to buy, to maintain, 
taxes and all that stuff. But he likes to live in like upper scale, you know, housing and then um, and rent it. But he buys the, you know, middle, the middle, the, you know, the starter home, whatever, three to fifteen hundred square feet, because that's where the money's to be made. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, that's that's his philosophy. So he can go live in a really cool place in a cool part of the country, rent a really nice house and get and get a bigger bang for the buck. And he don't have to buy that giant, you know, house that he has to maintain and all that stuff. That's a that's the way to think about it too. Yeah, because you do have to throw in those maintenance costs in there. Yeah, and yeah, um, and, and the higher up you go, you know the 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 yeah the further your dollar goes, and as in renting, you know. Yeah, and that's one good thing about arbitraging, like arbitraging apartment buildings. You ain't got to worry about maintenance. You know, yeah, and maintenance is one thing. Like, how's your lawn care? Do you have that automated? Ah oh, shit, yeah, dude. I, yeah, <laughs> I listen. I, I listened to you a long time ago. Cause I was telling you about these things, you know, trying to mow the yard, and you said, "Man, I got rid of all that shit a long time ago." <laughs> lawn mowers and weed eaters. And, you, know, you said you got a lawn guy that knocks it out, yeah. and so that that motivated me to say, "Man, I'm gonna look into that." And I, and I asked the lady across the street because I saw, you know, the guy that was that was keeping her her yard up, and oh, I asked the guy himself. He said, "Yeah, I'll mow your yard for like you know thirty five bucks front and back, edged and everything." I was like. Shit, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just man. work. I just work a couple, uh, some overtime at work and do nothing at work and let someone mow all my yards. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that's that's cheap, man. I'm telling you, lawn lawn care, dude. Yeah, that's that's an easy one to get rid of. That's like after I got rid of my lawnmower, weed eaters, all that, I turned my garage into a gym. <laughs> See, yeah, man. and it's healthier for you too, right? Straight up, there you go. It's healthy. You got your different. You got your time back, man. Get your time and your workout. Here's here's one thing that I just crossed my mind before we started this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You hear this crap a lot. Living your best life. It's like a thing you see it. Most mostly women put it all over Facebook and Instagram. You know, whatever. We, we we're we're sexist. Whatever on the show. I don't know. Call, us, call us whatever you want. We just call it as it is. But they put. Yeah, I'm living my best life. And, you know all these good inspirational quotes. Guys do it too. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> already lost half our listeners um <laughs> but you you hear that term thrown around i'm living my best life you know whatever and but here's the thing what people don't mention you know okay you're going to you, yeah you, these vacations or you're or you're um you're driving the car that you've always wanted and you're paying a shitload for it and then you're um living in the, your mcmansion paying a crap load for that you got the thread, the threads, the I don't know, the shiny objects that you always wanted. You're, you're li- you know, the debt is just freaking mounting and mounting and mounting. You're over here trying. I'm living my best life. But what's cool about the share economy? You can you can hack your best life. Hacking your best life. Hacking your best life. Oh, I'm man, that, man. Stephen came up with a new term. <laughs> hacking your best life. <laughs> Not living your best life. You're hacking your best life. And what and what I was. How what I came across, man, it was like, man, you could, you can't, you can have, yeah, you can have the house of your dreams, a beautiful house, all you know, decked out. But you can have that house making money for you by Airbnb in it, right? Yeah, at least part of the year or whenever you want to, whenever you travel, you can go on those vacations. But you can hack that with um, travel cards, you know what I'm saying? With um, mm-hmm. rewards cards and stuff like that. And then you could um, you could have the car of your dreams, and then you can just turo it out, turo it out 
you know, part time to pay for the damn thing. So that's paid for. House is paid for. Travel's paid for. And then I was thinking too. I've always wanted Rolex, right? I, I stum- Rolex? <laughs> no, I'm not. Rolex? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I stumbled, okay. I stumbled on this on this website. It's called AcquiredTime.com. You heard of it? Yeah. No, I never heard of it. Yeah, you can rent the watch of your dreams, and it's like a subscription based model. You can anywhere from like I know, 150 a month. To three hundred and three hundred and fifty a month, somewhere around in around there, depending on the watch. And I just I just looked at it, I just glanced at it, and I thought of it I thought of it this way. I thought of it this way. If if for some reason, you know, I got this this idea that's starting to build steam and this and that, and I started got I gotta start rubbing elbows with the higher ups. I I could rent me a, a watch for a month. Uh, I could rent me a thirty thousand dollar watch for a month that you know, for three hundred bucks and then <laughs> Be shaking. Ooh, what if be you shaking. lose somebody's rolly, dog? Huh? What if you lose somebody's rolly, man? Well, the, well, there's conditions. It's just like they they got insurance on them, just like an Airbnb, like a car, like a, your house. You know, they got their insurance policy too, stuff okay. like that. I'm just saying. I just started thinking of it like this. You're out there, you know. You got some nice threads. I'm sure there's a place where you can rent threads too online. If it hadn't been thought of, it's going to be oh, thought yeah. of. And then you can rent your Armani suit. You, you can get your um, Turo car for that week or whatever. Make the rounds. Start shaking hands. Start telling them about your investment opportunity. And they'll be yeah. like, wow, man. Oh, shit. Did you see his watch? His Peugeot watch? His um, Hublot? Or whatever. Man, dude, every month got a new watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. You're not I mean, living. And you know what, though? I've been hearing people make money off that lend- off them peer-to-peer lending apps. Oh, yeah. Like them rollies and stuff, man. But a rollie, man, I I don't know if I let nobody <laughs> trust nobody with my rollie, man. I hope they Man, that rollie's low end on that website, dude. There's some For higher real? end higher end than the rollies. Yeah, there's some really? there's some To me, I've always been a watch fan. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah. But I see some of these watches that are just uh well they call them time pieces, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time it's a work of art on your wrists. And yeah, yeah there's they, some like way more expensive than the Rolly. The Rolly I want is probably like around eight. I can get it for eight or nine grand, right? That's not too bad. You get yeah. maybe up to maybe ten grand at most. And um, but these watches are like thirty, forty, fifty grand, man, for these watches. Now you're now um, <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. wears like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch when he's out there on the football field, apparently, right? Oh yeah, ODB that's right, man. <laughs> That was crazy. He did that, man. I was like, "Dang, ODB! How, how much was it? Two fifty? Like two hundred fifty thousand? He claims. Now that people are saying, "Ah, that was a fake. He just had a fake on. It was just a replica." It wasn't him. It wasn't him who said it. Was it? It was the media that said it, right? Yeah, someone in the media is trying to out him, saying it was a replica. He wasn't really wearing his a quarter of a million dollar watch on the field. I bet you it was, because I bet you the people who made it probably paid him to wear it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they. If anything, that's the only way I think of him doing that. Somebody they probably paid him to wear it. Yes. It's like remember when, remember when Jordan shoes first came out. Yeah. And they were like, you can't wear the shoes. And Nike was like, hey, we'll just pay your fines, wear them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they do that, man. And look how big Jordan is today. <laughs> right, right, right. Got your ROI on that one, dude. Oh man. So, anyways, hacking your best life—that's what it's all about. Hacking you, your best life. You can, you can have every, it, everything you can. Just, just you can hack it, man. 
Yeah, that's that's gonna be the name of this episode: hacking your best life. Because I'm I'm sure trying to get another house hack popped off. <laughs> you tired, Definitely. You tired of paying a mortgage, huh? Straight up, man. My mom was like, "You you really have to build a house so you ain't got to pay a mortgage?" Yep. Man, that is my goal. But um, yeah, man, that's really what I've been uh, doing. And then um, oh, been working these crazy ass hours too, man. Like I'm, I'm. It shows me I'm happy those seven months I was off, I was able to automate everything. Because, like, man, out at these last two weeks, man, I've been working like 15 hour days, get off at five, go back in at 11 at night. So, Damn. yeah, man. So it's like, man, but then I was thinking, I was like, dang, and then I'm, I can make money on the side without doing nothing at all. You know what I mean? So it's been pretty good, though. Been pretty good. Um, but yeah, man, it's a lot going on. I, um, I applied for one of those business lines of credit with uh, Cabbage. Oh, how'd that go? Man, they approved me for twenty six hundred bucks. <laughs> twenty six hundred. Like, yeah, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess it's because like I've never done business with them, but I connected like all my accounts to them. But I'll see how long. But that was like the initial. I didn't. I just did it like before we started the podcast. I just did it. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that plays out. See if they give me a little bit more. But yeah, because you know. I've been, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to transition everything from personal lines and personal credit cards to business credit cards and business lines of credit. So I try. I tried some of them hacks. Like you told me, tell them that. You, you, tell the audience about your hack that you tried. That was um, well, well, Adam James. Remember Adam James gave you some credit advice. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you get your credit, your credit utilization below thirty percent to thirty percent. And yeah, like I, I dropped, I lost a hundred points on. I lost a hundred. I went down a hundred points. Then I went back up after I paid off. I think I paid off like whatever it was down to ten percent, down to thirty percent, and credit score shot right back up. It's been going up ever since. They updated me today. Said I just went up another thirty points. So yeah, man, it's killing it. It, it, it legit works. That's cool. And and that wasn't the only way to do it. He's you know he said that you could um get your um. Rapid rescore. Rapid rescore. Yeah, that's that's one thing too. After you do, you know, do what you do, but mm-hmm. like you could also raise like the credit limits on your credit cards. Yeah. Or you can open yeah. even. I've been reading about it too. You can even open some secured credit cards, mm-hmm. and then um, and start getting to where those are at a good uh, you know where you have a good history on it, and then they'll automatically give you what you know. I don't know. Yeah. Three grand. The, re- the reason credit. why. And then there's also caveats to each one. If you open them. You have to remember, be careful if you're, like, trying to buy a house or anything because, you know, it'll start popping up that you're getting these lines of credit. So I tell people, really, as soon as you buy a house, go get a whole bunch of credit cards. Just <laughs> go ahead and start opening them up. You get a whole bunch of credit cards, like, have about $600,000 in credit in your name just sitting there. You ain't got to use it. Just have it there. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I did some of those things, and it's been going up, too, man. Just, um, yeah, just... Just a few little little hacks here and there can get your credit right. Um, yes, sir. What what I was oh you had mentioned you know like you said you want to be able to to house hack to live for free, and mm-hmm. the and one of the things that you've been interested in are, are the next gen homes. Yeah, and that's when you have a house you know the the main house and then like a little house behind it or something like that attached to it. Attached yeah. oh it's attached to it and you can rent mm-hmm. that out you know yeah as your Airbnb it has its own entrance and everything right. Yeah, yeah, it has its own interest. They call it next-gen homes. And that's the kind of house I'm going to get built is a next-gen home. It's really next-generational, meaning 
you put your next gen in there, and then the next gen it goes on like that. But yeah, I'm about to see if I can Airbnb or house hack that thing up. And now Arlington's shady as hell, right? <laughs> Ooh, I'm happy you brought up Arlington, <laughs> man. I was about to. We actually got a couple question a question from Arlington too. That'll be. But yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say about Arlington? Well, you said that for oh. for no reason they just banned next gen building or whatever in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, so I went to a home lot. Because the next gen homes came from uh, Lenar Home Builders, L N N L E N N A R. If you guys are interested in like looking at these uh, next gen homes, just type in Lenar Home Builders. Um, so what they did was Arlington was built. They have a, like a bunch of communities of next gen homes. Whenever you see Lenar, they built the next gen. So I went um, and I seen they had some lots down in South Arlington. So I said, let me shoot out there. Me and my mom shot out there, and my son, and we went out there and. Uh, Dude, I started talking to dude, and he was, and I started talking about uh, customizing the floor plan. I didn't even talk about the next gen because I already knew what it was. And he and I, I told him what I wanted. And he was like, "Oh yeah, man, you're talking about those next gen homes with those uh, two two living spaces." He goes, "Yeah, they banned them in Arlington." I'm like, "They banned them?" He was like, "Yeah, they don't let us build them out here, so we don't build them out here." He goes, "Everywhere else, he goes to get to, the, to those, you have to go farther out, like North Fort Worth and uh, Keller." They have them out there, but they're like in Keller. They like seven hundred G's pop mm. for a next, you know. But you know, so Arlington. I don't know what Arlington's up to. I think Arlington's trying to gentrify the entertainment district, and I think they're trying to push people out, certain people out. Which mm. I, 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 I'm telling people right now, they're about to gentrify the entertainment district, and I, that's why I sent. I actually sent Steve a house today. That was for like one thirty, but then I ran the numbers on it, and it didn't fit the one percent rule. So I was kind of scared about it. So, yeah, man, it's just Arlington. I don't know. Like, Steve Steve has some good stuff on Arlington, how he looks at the rental rates out here. <laughs> well, I had, I guess, um, man, the only thing is they're not being, I mean, they're being business friendly as hell. They're just not being very many, uh, being very uh, residential friendly. Like, um, like I said, we helped build these multi-billion dollars worth of stadiums, and we don't get to to profit at them at all, which which sucks, you know. Yeah. Our tax dollars help build these shits. They wouldn't have been built without our tax dollars. And some of us has mul- have multiple homes here paying taxes. And the thing is, and then it comes to the point, okay, we're going to build a brand new Ranger Stadium, Texas Live, this place is going to go off. Oh, by the way, we're going to ban Airbnb where you can't make a penny off this shit. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's really messed up. But what I was saying, but you were saying, well, you know, houses are popping up in Arlington for sale. You know, and would would it be a risk if uh to try to try to do Airbnb, you know, to get to get a good return or or risk, you know, getting lower than the one percent rule, which is, you know, if the house costs hundred and thirty grand, you wanna make at least, you know, thirteen hundred a month off that house, right? Yeah. That's the one percent rule. One percent of what the mortgage is. Whereas a lot of people are paying pay, buying two hundred thousand dollar houses and, and hoping they get like fourteen hundred dollars a month in rent, which is way lower than the one percent rule. And so the thing is what I was saying was the only way I would look at it as like a good investment is maybe in the entertainment district and maybe if you can Airbnb it or, you know, if you're not allowed to, whatever, just just tread water until that eventually expands and they start making more parking lots and hotels. I mean, that might be a good play, too, because then they'll, you, know, you get a good chunk of change for your home, I would think. You think they'll make no more? They're going to try to expand that parking lot? Um, well, if more stuff starts popping up, like they, oh, they build another the hotel, that hotel is going to need its own parking lot. 
and they yeah. build another. You know, I'm just saying, if you, if you get in the way of progress, yeah, I mean, if you do a play like that, but that's speculation, so, eh, you know. Yeah, in the hotel industry, you know, they, they about to, I, I, I do feel like at this point, I was kind of skeptical about, about it being the hotel industry, but I think it is the hotel industry in Arlington. Plus, the hotel industry, they get their main money, all their money from pimps anyways, and sex trafficking, so they ain't trying to lose that money. <laughs> Just being serious, man. Like, no, it was funny was, uh, you know, I have an Airbnb in Arkansas, right? So the Airbnb in Little Rock. So the Little Rock Hotel, Little Rock Hotel just got sued for renting an entire floor to sex traffickers mm. for months at a time. Yeah, they got sued. And, I, and, I, and we all know that that's where they run all that shit is hotels and motels, man. But hotel Hotels can't rent out every single room every single night. No. So I need to make their money, <laughs> no man, that's how they make their money. All that sex trafficking and crap that goes on—they finally got busted down there. Man. But um, but yeah, and um, uh, what, what another thing I'm noticing too is how they're—I'm uh, just kind of learning a lot about land ever since I just started trying to build a house. Like, you know, they can put okay, so when you you know you can put land restrictions down, right? So let's say you buy a buy a, a plot, plot of land, right? Yeah. The city can come in and tell you how much, how big your house has to be, how big it has to be, and how much it's supposed to appraise for. It's like, damn, but makes sense. But on the flip side, if you go to the hood, they don't give a damn how big the house is because it ain't going to appreciate for whatever you, if you build a $300,000 $300, house in a $200,000 neighborhood, they don't give a damn. Right. But right. like if you want to go to a $500,000 neighborhood, they ain't going to let you build no $300,000 house. Which I understand it, but it's just like, damn, you know. But really, ain't got no freedom out here when it comes to trying to build a house. So <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I told you I might start looking at just buying another property. I don't know. Out in the sticks? No, no, no. Something in the city. Buying, buying another rental. Buying a rental. You know, so, and, just, and just sticking around your house. Yeah, staying here, I'm, that's a possibility. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to, but, you know, the extra cash flow, it helps. But. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at, too, just like, kind of sticking around. Now, would your current house make sense as a long-term rental? No. No, wouldn't hit that rule? Right now, it would hit the rule right now. Yeah. I ain't checked it, but long-term renting this with the amount of square footage with the amount of repairs you would have to put oh, into it, yeah. it yeah. ain't worth it. Like personally, if I have a long-term rental property, I want it to be 1,500 square feet or smaller. Mm. And it controls, especially in the South, if you can make, that's where you make your cash flow. Now let me ask you this too. When, when you did in um, put in enroll for the, the hot tax and all that stuff back in the day, you know, you, you, you did everything by the book and all that, and that, now they got you on record as you used to Airbnb out of your house. If you'd have never uh, no, no, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I did my house and my condo. Go ahead. Right, right. And so you got the letters in the mail warning you, warning you not to Airbnb and all that stuff, or mm-hmm. you get fined. If that had never happened, would you consider just Airbnb and out the whole house and then hop into the next one? Yeah, no, actually, no. Because when I sell this house, I'm going to use part of this money to get the new house and use the other part to pay off car, my, my cars. Once I pay that those two off, 
I was because my plan was to walk into my new house debt free. Oh. Only debt I'll have is student loans and mortgages. Right, right, right. And of course, I got it. We got Adam James to handle the student loan part. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we got the mortgage stuff going on. So you got the wolf working on that. Uh, I haven't got him working on it yet, but I have a plan to. If I have a, I already had a previous plan in place to before I talked to him. So if that plan doesn't work, then I go to him. If that plan doesn't work, then I have a third backup plan to pay off all my student loans. So Man. I got three three ops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, huh? It's that. I mean, it, it is a beautiful thing being debt free, man. No, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. It's uh, like. And we we've been we discussed that on the show. I mean, should we pay our debts or should we buy more properties? You know what I'm saying? And I, I think there there hits a point where well, shit. If it was 2010, the, the clear answer to that is buy, snap up them properties, let put those debts on the back burner. But now it's 2019 going into 2020. Everybody and their mama got into the rental game, and they they're buying they're spending way too much for these houses, driving up the, all the prices like crazy. We're to, we're to where. No one profits. Then they're dropping all the rental prices on them, and it's like kind of everybody's – it's a race to the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like eh, maybe that's the point where you're like, okay, I'll hold off on buying rental properties now, and I'll start knocking out some of this debt. So it's mm-hmm. like the question isn't just a clear-cut question. It depends on, it depends on what time, you know, what's happening at that, at that point in time with the economy and with the real estate and all that stuff. Before you I also can- say what the, it depends on what the debt is too. Like if you mortgages, eh, if they're paying for themselves, you can kind of hold off a little bit, but just make sure you're not over leveraged. That's my whole thing. Make sure you're not over leveraged. Make sure your long term numbers work, and then your Airbnb numbers work, and just make sure you know your your, your leverage game's on point. So you're not a, a <laughs> you're not a refi till you die kind of guy. <laughs> I was gonna do that, but I'm like. No, he don't tell you. Eh. It's, your, it's your damn mortgage rate goes up. Your um, interest rate goes up like double yeah. if you turn it into a freaking rental. Like I just, I've, I've inquired uh, with Wells Fargo before. Oh, you got a three point five rate or three point seven five rate. It goes if you turn it into a, if you want to do a cash out refi. Um, the thing is, your your rate's gonna go up to like six point five because it's a rental. I'm like, oh yep. shit. Ah, I don't know if it's worth doing it. You know what I'm saying? After all the fees and stuff, you still you get a little chunk of money out. But after all the fees and stuff, plus your your um, your monthly mortgage goes up, it says, yeah, is that really worth it? This is kind of where I'm at on the refi thing. Re- refi money, you have to pay back anyway, right? So use your Airbnb if you're doing Airbnb. This is what I tell you: if you're doing Airbnb, make sure you're doing everything through an LLC so you can build up your business credit. Then you ain't got to just sit there and keep grabbing money from your mortgage. You can just grab money from your business. Yeah. Because they'll give you like lines of credit at the same percent. Matter of fact, you can get a business line of credit at 5.5%, 4% for the first year. So let's just say 5.5%. You can just keep refining at that rate or getting access to money at that rate and then just pay it back or pay it back, like especially if you're flipping or buying, doing burr or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's how I look at it. And you made a good point. We were we were texting the other day, and I had asked you, man. You know, I said I think I'm I think I want to do, I think I want to do another house hack. Get me another rental. I got the itch to you know turn this one into a rental. Do another house hack and this and that, and um and hopping into the next one. And you were like, yeah, you 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 had um 
you had said, um, you said, well, this next house hack should be your last, and then you should start looking at creative financing after that. And yeah. I thought about that. I said, I said, that's interesting, man. You know, we don't have to keep moving. And um, it was creative financing. Just, you know, you can set any parameters you want with the, um, with the owner of that house, right? Uh, I mean, like getting into like hard money loans, flipping and all, not flipping, but you can get into hard money loans, refi those. Because if you get into hard money loans, their rates are probably going to be higher than the bank anyway. And if you refi, you're just getting a return. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, look at things like that. Like that house I showed you in Arlington. I'm pretty sure that house needs work. If I was going to take that to a hard money lender, get it. Put, I can use my business line of credit to fix it up. Refi that get my money back then go to the next one you know yeah like a burr the burr yeah this is the burr strategy so i mean it's just depends on how you do it you know depends on how you do it it's just hard with how you're doing it when you're going into a house and then you look to refi it you're going from a three to a six you're like oh shit I ain't about to do that. <laughs> but, if you, but if you're going to an eight from an eight to a six you're like okay i'm getting a deal you know what i mean this, That's this, all I was looking at. You may want to look at creative finance. Yeah, it's it's all how you uh, how you how you view it. The, yeah, but I've just been spoiled by the I've been spoiled by the house hacking, man. I don't. I think everybody should do it because, I mean, yeah. how do you you jump you jump from one house that you've locked in for thirty freaking years at three three point five percent interest rate? You know, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe in freaking ten fifteen years, mortgage interest rates will be like fifteen twenty percent again. You know, like the old days. I don't see it happening, right. but it could happen. Yeah. Depends yeah. on who's in power at the time who says, "Oh, you know what? We can get a lot of money from these homeowners. Let's just jack up their interest rates." But um, yeah. I'm just saying. But we well, we're good because we're locked in for thirty years on these notes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's and and then when you house hack, you jump into the next house as your next primary. It locks that one in at the at the low interest rate again. Whereas someone... I have a question for that. I have a question for that. With the jumping to the next house, if a recession hit, would it, would it would it work? Would your numbers work? As far as as far as well, even right now, <clears throat> wouldn't you? Would you say you're over leveraged if you're just putting down three percent every time? It, de- it depends on the house, depends on the mortgage, you know, what, how much of the mortgage is and stuff. I would say on two of my four houses, I feel um, a recession would not hurt those two at all. Because the first one okay. I got during the last recession, which oh, is the yeah. 2009, when I bought it. And um, the next one I bought a few years later when, like, when did I buy it? Um, I don't know, uh, about three or four years, four or five years Four or five years ago. Anyways, I bought it when the kind of it just, the house the price started going up, but not crazy. So I got it for like 135k, which is for a nice house in Hearst. That's that's a good deal. And um, the next two houses I got, I did pay quite a bit more on them. I got the low interest rates, but I paid more on them. And um, so I think for sure the first two I'd be safe on. And the second two would be, you know, I could at least probably get down to breaking even on them if I had to rent them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or lose money. But, uh, yeah, I'd say half of my portfolio is, is uh, knock on wood, recession-proof. Recession-proof? Yeah. Okay. But the, also, there's another thing, because, and what, and what the refi to you die dude, he says... He goes, when a recession does hit and people are start handing all their keys to the banks and stuff like that, 
He goes, you can go there. There are programs out there, and then you can go in and talk to the banks, and you can like redo, you know, restructure your loans. And so there is help. I mean, banks don't want all these houses back, just like they they don't want your cars back, right? And so correct. So if you go and and you start um, and start talking to them and and say, hey man, I can't afford this payment. Anything we can do, or I, here's my keys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or here's the code to my front door. Who uses the keys anymore? Only yeah. only dumbasses use keys. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Just kidding. I was like, See, I don't want to alienate all of our fans, dude. I made, <laughs> I did the woman what? remark early, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, did, I called half our fans that use keys dumbasses. No, I'm sorry, y'all aren't dumbasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, so that, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, that it, it's risky, but there are options. So I, yeah, I could see how I could see how you're looking at it with your house. You're like. You can get, you can grab that money that it's worth right now, and, and boom, you know, move on to the next thing. And that's that, that's how I play poker, man. And so these holding on to these houses, that's not how I. It's it's it goes against how I, how I'm a poker player or how I usually do things in life. You know what I'm saying? I, I mm-hmm. see the I see a good play. I, okay, I made some money off this thing. Boom, I'm gonna sell it and take the money. I'm gonna pull my chips off the table. But I've been holding on to these houses, and I haven't thought of it that way. So, it's a. Eh, eh, eh hard to time the market is all there is yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard to time because i i mean i would do something like i mean i know how to recession proof it if you do do it i would just say purposely buy in neighborhoods that are appreciated just go to schooldigger.com hop in the house when you move to your next house just make sure it's about to appreciate like I only put down five percent for this house but i've already appreciated all the equity out of it. i mean all the uh, pmi off of it you know what i mean I'm actually I might just refi it, refi this just to a lower interest rate and don't take no money out. Yeah, you could try before the before 2020, and then your of course your payment drops probably two or three hundred bucks, you know, and then you're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many ways to skin it, so many ways to skin a cat, you know. Um, but one more thing I want to talk about: Have you ever heard of opportunity zones? I've heard of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of them. How do you feel about them? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I explained them to you on the show a long time ago. I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot exactly how they work, but I know it's it's more like they want people to invest invest money in the hood, and they'll give yeah. you a and what's it called? Big ass tax break. You get a big ass tax break, and yeah, the and the main thing is like let's for example, let's say you bought. You know, twenty thousand dollars worth of stock, and then it went up in value to forty thousand. You sold it. Well, that twenty thousand profit, you're gonna have to pay what? I don't know, fifteen or twenty percent in uh, tax capital on gains. it, capital gains tax. Same things with a house. If you bought a house and you flipped it, you're gonna have to pay fifteen, twenty percent capital gains, whatever, give or take. And um, but if you bought in the opportunity zone and you held on to the house a few years and you have it as a rental, then you could sell it down the line and pay zero in capital gains tax. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's <laughs> more than pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, that's, that's a game changer right there, bro. Now, the, the main thing is, is if the hood does revitalize and you're, and it goes up in value. Now, well, is the hood. There's a risk that it's not going to, you know, revitalize. Kind of. This is the flip side. I listen to a lot of Jay Morrison. This is the flip side of it. Let's say a dude makes 
million dollars and has to pay capital gains. He says, well, I'm going to just gotta buy a whole block. Then it's going to, it's going to, it's going to revitalize because now I own the block. Mm-hmm. Then I could sell those houses, 0% tax. I just gentrified an entire area. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways to look at it. It's like, damn. Yeah. It was, know, a, but, it was part of the Trump tax break thing that he put. That was the opportunity zone. That was part of that. And, you know and I like his tax laws. And his, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then that's what started popping up was uh, rich people started thinking, how can we do this? And, and there was, op- and part of, part of the, the way it's written, it says you can do opportunity zone funds. So you can become a fund and have pull on all these rich people's money. And like you said, go buy a whole city block and revitalize it, whatever. And then they can make all that money, flip it, sell it, rub it down and <laughs> tax free. Right. Yeah, dude, That's crazy. Tax free money. That's, that's what, man, that's what it's, it's so funny. It's not funny, but people are saying um, when people start, you know, that don't know nothing about how things work or nothing about politics and saying, oh, yeah, well, once we get this guy in, he's going to raise taxes on the rich and they're going to pay for everything. He's going to raise taxes. All right. But the rich ain't going to rich don't pay taxes and they never will pay taxes. You're going to raise taxes going to hit the middle class. We pay all the damn taxes. The below poverty line, they don't pay taxes because they, you know, they're. You know stuff they buy, yes, but as far as uh, their uh, what's it called? Yeah, middle class. Middle class gets hammered. So if you're gonna go have a candidate go in there raise taxes, it's gonna hit the middle class. The rich people don't pay taxes, or they figure out creative pay, ways do, to not pay taxes. Why can't the middle class do that? Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to that next trying level. Shit. Get some trying. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, got to get you a CPA, man. Yeah, get you them good tax. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Like right now, I'll just let you know. Right now, be a good time to have all your money coming through an LLC. Like if your money's coming through an LLC, like through Airbnb, man, it's it's some beautiful tax things you can do for sure. Especially with tax season around the corner. Um, But here was my tip of the day. I was going to give people to um, expose, give, give you more exposure to your Airbnb outside the Facebook ads. I know we've been hitting you with the Facebook ads. But here's a thing you could do, especially if you have like an Instagram. Uh, yeah, this really works with the Instagram account because I've been really getting into Instagram, promoting on places on Instagram. What you do is tell your guests to take a picture of your place and hashtag it on social media, on Instagram. And then let's say, hey, if you do that, I'll give you 5% off your next day and it'll help grow your business. Another nice. good tip to you, yeah. Of your next day, not this yeah, day. Yeah, your next day. I'm yeah. keeping all this money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what did uh, what did uh, what's his name say? Mike don't like to use lose a penny. <laughs> Mike ain't losing no penny. I'm just letting you know. Off your next day, but yeah, that's a good little tip I learned. I was looking around on social media because I've been really getting into social media growth. Man, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's you know it's it's a. It is a beautiful thing, and if you figure out a way to automate it, because, man, I just, the thing is, what I've been, man, I mean, these phones take a lot of our, our a lot of our eye, eyeball time, as it is, oh, but when, yeah. you, when you start going down, I don't know, you, you probably automated it somehow, but you start, oh, man, I got a blast, I got to start hitting social media every day, start putting all these posts, this and that, I got to, not only, not only Facebook, but Instagram, and Twitter or whatever. I mean, oh, it's, oh man, it takes even more, more Automations, hours. Automations, baby. <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta automate that type of stuff, dude. 
automate. And you got yours yeah, fully automated? Yeah, there ain't no way I can do what I do and work a full-time job, man. I have to automate it. have to. Especially IT, man. You're always on call, right? Well, on in I'm, this job, I'm on on-demand, meaning if I'm needed, I have to come forward. But, yeah. But, yeah, man. So let's get on to what? The guest questions? I got a question. For oh, go ahead, go ahead. For, for Ask a Mike. It's not from a, a guest or a viewer or a listener or whatever. It's from me. Okay. <laughs> We're going to answer a Stevie Stacks question. Stevie, go ahead. Dear Micah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm writing you in concern of a, 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 a strange situation that happened. See, what happened, I got a message from these people asking about, you know, how close I was to... Um, Whatever, certain villas over there in Arlington, where you know it's a place where they do weddings. Mm-hmm. And I told them, yeah, three miles away, it's real close, blah blah blah. Okay, well, thank you. You know, you could tell they're they're out there looking for a spot, and they're from these people are from Tennessee, and so they're going to stay from the 14th through 17th of November, and so, and so I guess they're still shopping around spots, whatever. Anyways, I get a, like not even like half an hour later, another person asks for those same dates. And asked if for that same spot. How close am I into that? Am I to that spot? And um, and do I have full length mirrors in the house? So, so obviously it's for a wedding, you know, because the women got to get all women and men need <laughs> need a full length mirror. Got to get dressed up, you know, for the wedding, whatever. And so I um, I said, you know, I said, yeah, we're, we're real close to that place. I said, by the way, um, someone else just messaged me about that spot um, for that same weekend. Is there like a wedding or something going on? Which, uh, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're coming in from the UK. They're, they're, they're from London. He goes, and we're coming in for town for a wedding. We don't, he goes, um, we don't know anybody from Tennessee, but they're probably, yeah, they're, they're probably going in for that same wedding. I say, like, okay, cool, yeah. So just, just let me know. My question to you, <laughs> what would Mike do? Is this present like a unique situation where I can start Raise tapping the rates a little, raise them up to get the yeah. You would you would start doing. I'd that? raise the rates on. Uh, I'd raise the rates on one of them. I'd pre-approve both of them, but I'd raise the rates on one of them. Huh? How, see how if you pre-approve them, how do you raise? Raise your rates, then pre-approve them. Oh, I see. I see. So then they're locked at a certain rate. Leave your rates the same like you they are now. If you're comfortable with it, pre-approve it. Then go back, raise your rates again, and then pre-approve them and lock them in at two different rates. That's a that's a good freaking idea. It, yeah. So take that one step further. The more desirable guests, where I say they have more ratings and five stars and all that stuff, you'd kind of leave them at a lower rate. And the ones that's more of a risk, you'd raise them to a higher rate. That's a good idea. I would do that. Okay. Cause yeah, I know, I'll pre-approve them at two different prices. Because I know you, you're Micah, the mad scientist, the pricing guru. Because <laughs> I remember back in the day when we first started, you saying, oh, man. He goes, someone would message me uh, asking about my spot. I'd, I'd raise, while we're in conversation, I'd raise the rates to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'd pre-approve them at two different rates. Now, how many, t- <laughs> now, how many times has that, um, has that actually worked for you? That goes into my automation tip. On Smart BNB, I have an automated, when I send a pre-approval, Smart BNB sends them a message about the pre-approval. If they don't accept it in 24 hours, 
Smart BNB then automatically pre-approves them again and sends them another message saying, hey, we see you didn't accept your pre-approval and we see you still don't have a place to stay. And it keeps on following up with them like that. Wow, Smart BNB yeah. does that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I use. Damn. And how much is the cost of start use Smart BNB a month? It's like ten dollars for your for twenty bucks probably for your first listing, and after you get to like five, it goes down from there. Twenty bucks a month for yeah. one for one listing for one for one listing. But then, like once you start getting like more, it just goes down in price. Damn, Whoever man. created the pricing system for Smart BNB, that dude was a genius. Pierre, I think his name is. He's a genius. That yeah. was smart. I need to, I need to hop on that one because. You can set up your automatic, you know, all your automated messaging mm-hmm. from from Smart BNB, right? Yep, all that's all set up, and I all the pre approvals. When you pre approve somebody, it's like gets boom. You get the message to get sense, keep sending the messages. So that's why I like it. Now, do they do like the the keyword thing too? Like someone asks, "Hey, um, what's the Wi Fi yep. code?" So automatically, it senses yep. that word Wi Fi, and it sends. Funny them. you asked that. The other day, somebody asked about my Wi Fi and. Smart BNB sends me an uh, email right off the bat. It's, a, it's called, it's called, I forget what it's called. It's called the Intel IQ, IQ something. And it was like, hey, this person said something about Wi Fi. Do you want us to send it? And it sent it off. <laughs> That's sweet, yeah, man. Smart BNB is dope. Yeah. Because you got hundreds yeah. of Airbnbs to handle. Shit. Yeah. So I was like, a Smart BNB run it and handle it. Okay. But, so um, that answers that question. And, um, and that, that makes me think. It makes me think, because I know I know for a fact that that Amazon does that crap to us. I know for a fact that we look uh-huh. at something and we put it, maybe put it in our shopping cart, or we're looking at it. We're looking at it. You know how, of course, it sends tracers. Then we go back on Facebook or IG. We start getting commercials about that product, whatever that's called, skip tracing, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, but if I notice if you throw it in your shopping cart and you leave it there, you kind of never buy it or nothing. It will do like like you said. It'll send you a message later. Hey, now it's you know it went down a couple bucks. You still want this? It, it'll it'll yeah. give you alerts, and it's like, or it'll price things maybe a little bit higher because it knows you want something. Whereas if someone else looked at looked at that same product on their phone, it would be cheaper for them. I'm like they they or, manipulate us, or they know if people have been buying it. If people have been buying it, then it's like, okay, let's go up in price a little bit. Hey, this is going up in price. Then it sends you a message, you know, <laughs> hey, buy it now. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's all types of ways to do it. But, yeah, that, that pre-approval thing, that, that's the one – that pre-approval thing is dope that I used to smart B&B. That's a good tip. That may be the tip of the day that I just gave you all. I, I forgot about it until you brought that question up. So what's the percentage of, like, how many times that has worked for you to get a booking? Oh, for pre if you pre-approve them, probably ninety percent of the time people will accept pre-approvals because they feel. And also, my pre-approvals sends a message with with the pre-approval to them, so they feel inclined to book. They feel welcome to book. And what? How does that message go? Somewhat. It has. Let me actually look at one of my pre-approval messages. I haven't done a pre-approval in a while because I've been getting too many instant books. Oh, okay. A smart me and me come up. I actually might do a screen share. I'll let y'all see possibly. Oh, screen share! Our fans love the screen share, but the only way to see the screen share is to see us on the YouTube or on Facebook Live. Ah, oh, man, come on now! What's going on, my <laughs> with your internet? Nah, I'm internet. My smart B and B is tripping. Okay, because. I hear his messaging rules. 
Oh, go. Ju- what were you saying? Go ahead. So, are you saying like when you do send a pre-approval to people, that the percentage of just that action is like ninety percent they're going to book with you? Yeah. Okay. So I says so my pre-approval message says hello guest name. I want to confirm that you have been pre-approved to book the listing. According to Airbnb, you will have 24 hours to book, after which the pre-approval will expire. The pre-approval will concern a reservation from this date to this date with this many guests. If you need any ad- additional information, please do not hesitate to ask. It will be my pleasure to answer you. Best regards, Airbnb. See, that's strong because you're using the, um, the pressure of the, of the time restraint. And there you go. That's sales 101 right there. <laughs> there you go, man. And then at an expired pre-approval, it says, hi again, guest name. I hope this message finds you well. I see my earlier pre-approval has expired. If you are still interested in renting out our, li- our listing, I have extended your pre-approval for another 24 hours. Let me know if you have any questions. Then, boom, it pre-approves them again. See, that's, that's the point where I want to see the percentage success rate. So if it's, let's say everybody, if everybody that sends a pre-approval gets, a, you know, gets someone to book at a mm-hmm. 90% rate, which is great. I haven't yeah. really experienced that. I would say 50% for me for yeah. uh, pre-approval, pre-approval rate. But um, Well, this is my question. Are you getting a 50% rate and somebody's booking the dates? Um, oh, like I would, say, I would say 50% approval rate of those oh, initial man, people. That, yeah. We good? Yeah, you cut out bad. Am I still... Are we back? Yeah, you're still freezing up. All right, there it goes. Okay. So my question is... Um, well, here's the thing. If if the whatever the percentage rate is, the percentage rate is, let's say 50% or 90%, you know, on your end, on, as far as the first pre-approval being sent, because I've never sent a second one. Now, okay... Let's say okay, they didn't. Oh, on the f- so you're asking on the second pre-approval. I'm talking like the- like what you set it up to do to hit him like again and again and again. Mm-hmm. How often does the the second or the you Ooh, know and beyond? Know. Okay, that I don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever gotten a three though. So either after the second, either somebody else has booked the dates or they've booked them. That I, I that's a good one. To, that's a good measuring tool. I don't know. That's a good yeah. measuring tool. I mean, but I've I- noticed most of the time when I send a pre-approval, most of the people accept. Just because of the message I send with it, that's automatically sent. That's, with that's it. a great message. That's a strong message. If you could forward me that message, I, I would very be very helpful for me, please. <laughs> but I am going to start a smart BNB because yeah, I can't figure out this damn your porter. Just send it to you on Facebook. Awesome. awesome. But yeah, that that's like a message I use to, uh, you know, to hey, you know. This is going to expire. You've been pre-approved. Because remember, when they, when you send them a message with the pre-approval, you're telling them, hey, I'm, I'm opening my house to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a nice it's a nice welcome thing. And plus, you put you kind of put hurry your ass up. You got 24 hours before this expires. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Rooms are going fast. But you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you never save the date, though, right? You never no, no you never block the date. You never dates. block them. Yeah, I don't block them. Now, what if it's like a... They sound very interested. It's like a whole week they're going to book. A certain week, it's going to be a shitload of money for you. Would you consider blocking it for that 24 hours? So someone can't come in and snipe it and just get one day right in the middle and fuck up that whole week? 
That's a good question. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. I, I That's a good you, question. Though. I told you what happened when I restarted doing Airbnb, you know, and doing my Arlington house as, you yeah. know, from being away for they a little bit. They sniped the weekends. Well, they sniped the weekends, but one person booked just that Thanksgiving day, one day, and for that Cowboys game, right? You know better than well, that, well, man. I, oh, see, I was just setting up the damn place, and I just got Price it online. Lamps. I know. I got them. I, I followed all the advice afterwards. But here's the thing. That person didn't have any reviews. So they couldn't instant book. They they requested to book, and I had the dilemma of like, oh crap, do I approve them? But good thing, they had zero reviews, zero stars, whatever. But and they, they sent a message, hey, you know, we're looking forward to staying in your place. We're gonna watch the Cowboys, blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, and I was like, oh crap, they're gonna snipe, they're gonna ruin my Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went. Yeah, mine just got and, booked. And then I went, yeah. And then I went, um, you know, I'm sorry, you know, the way we we run our our home, we don't really accept anybody with no reviews you know but i'm sure there's there's people out there that will and i can even send you suggestions blah blah and i and i denied them which you don't get counted against you for denying people right Unless, uh was it a request to book it was a request to book with someone with zero reviews zero stars and so um, um what did you put as their reason for not accepting them on the little airbnb thing uh, and I don't know what I'm about to tell you. I'm, it's true, but I'll tell you what I've noticed. Okay, Go ahead. I, I might have put, I might have put, uncomfortable or something like that. I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember. I've noticed I haven't been hit when I tell them I'm uncomfortable with the reservation and they have zero reviews or bad reviews. Oh, okay, bad. I haven't got hit. Okay, nice. nice. Yeah, I, that's what I would have chose too. But yeah, and that's a good thing because I'm happy you brought that when you first bring up a listing. When you first bring up a listing, if you're bringing up a new listing, close off all your dates, right? Mm-hmm. Set up price labs and set up your minimum nights. Okay. This is for people bringing up new listings. Set up price labs, bring up your minimum nights, like 20 days out, four nights, minimum stay. So then what you do is when you open up all your future dates, price labs already built into the system. And then when they start opening, you start opening up stuff, they can't go and snipe Christmas or something. Because I know a lot of, I ain't going to lie, I used to do it. Like, if I'm going to travel with Airbnb, I think, when was it? When we went to Portland? I, I'll snipe someone's date, but they have that new listing sticker next to them. Because I know they probably don't know, they aren't paying attention. Uh-huh. Again, you can do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's because nice, nice. they, they, the person, they probably sniped it. They already looked and seemed like, oh, well, this dude has one day available in the little book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, well, what I did in that situation, I, I, I denied them. And then I, I I set my price labs up, you know, and um yeah. and then I said it's a four I said it for that week I set it to four night minimum or something like that for that mm-hmm. week, and boom like it wasn't even like an hour or so later someone yeah. booked all four days I was like man fuck that's good yeah, <laughs> would've, yeah you got messed you up want. my Thanksgiving bro I can't have yeah. that <laughs> yeah Here, here's some here's some I know. I probably know the answer. See, I'm taking all the I'm taking all the questions from from. Go the, ahead, from go ahead. Guests, we'll save the, some for next. Yeah, week. we're just rolling. And um, you think Air is is Airbnb subletting the thing? As far as like like you said, you saw you saw opportunity. You, you saw like a, a new someone you know just started their Airbnb, and you can go out there snipe some weekends for cheap, or you can snipe some holidays for cheap. And then you can re you can make like a listing off their listing and rent it out to someone else. Oh man, I've been seeing people do that heavy. 
Really? That, that was heavy when they first got started, but I don't think people are doing that no more. They found a way to stop it. I think they probably did. Because like, if you weren't the person showing up, they probably ain't letting you up in there. Because <laughs> I remember, um, who was it? One of our guests, Carter Carter. She said she sniped some weekends in Vegas. They had it for like 40 bucks. She went to Vegas for like 80 bucks in a weekend. <laughs> oh, they were trying. Like, Damn. Cause was, yeah, because it was an error. It was a yeah, yeah. It was an error. And remember, because the people in the Airbnb professional host group was like, "Oh, you shouldn't go, and you should give them their room." You tripping? <laughs> what? If they didn't have any prices in them, that's a personal issue. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hell no, Carter Carter. All right, let's get to some um, some fan questions if you want to. I'll. Right, let me see. We got Josh from Washington. This is a long question, man. This is a good. It's a good question, though. <laughs> he said, "My partner and I are flipping a house through a, uh, a JV agreement. I'm the capital investor who is the sole owner of the property. My partner is responsible for rehab and selling the house. Nobody can lease the house for any purpose. All of these are stated in the JV. The rehab has was done a while ago. The house has been listed on the market for a few months and not moving anywhere." My partner started pocketing income by listing the house on Airbnb without written, any written consent from me. It has been creating tremendous difficulties for showing since the property is always occupied and Airbnb guests, of course, are not happy about open house or potential buyers visiting. And some of the potential buyers are kicked out by the tenants. My partner has been ignoring my request to cancel the listing. Surprisingly, Airbnb refuses to make any enforcement for this. All, all, all they are willing to offer is forward a letter to the host and who is my business partner? My highest priority here is to sell the house and recoup my capital back. With Airbnb in the way, I can hardly do it. Any suggestions on how I can legally take the house back, remove it from the Airbnb website? Again, I am the sole owner of the house. There should be plenty of ways to do it legally. Can you please suggest one which is most efficient and causes less damage? I'll let you start with the answer to that, Steve. <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough. Your partner's um, kind of screwing you over in that respect, and I know there might be some money to be made Airbnb and all that stuff. But if you're if it's still the other partners, if one yeah. partner don't want to do it, the other one can't force them to do it, right? Yeah, you might have to take some legal action against them. Yeah, that's the only way. Because it depends not- on what kind of contract y'all y'all made too, right? Always make yeah. a solid contract between you and your partner, just to just to minimize future, you know minimize future problems that you that, that could occur that's the only thing i can see maybe you have, if you do have a good strong contract and take them to small claims court and and get a ruling where you can't do that and you have to put it up for sale because you have to both agree to do that yeah i would say yeah take legal action that's the only really way you could do it i mean unless you just went over there and start taking off the automatic locks and start sabotaging the airbnb <laughs> i'm not suggesting that but i'm just saying you could do that but i'm just saying uh legally yeah just go talk to somebody um talk to a lawyer uh, but if it were me honestly if it were me and let's say me and steve had a joint venture and steve starts airbnb in the place and i'm against it i'd be like look Steve, how much money are you making on Airbnb? Let's spit the profits, and then we can close down the dates when we have a showing. That's how I would do it. I would look at the business side of it. If we could split the profits, therefore you're already starting to recoup your costs. and your house. Because right now your house is just sitting there. It ain't making no money. It's a liability. Yeah, I'd, 
I joint venture with them like you're supposed to. Just tell, I would more first thing I would do, I would demand half the payments or whatever the joint venture. If it's a 50 50, run it like that. Yeah. So, I think the partner's in a smarter situation. He's like, this dude just has his house sitting here fully decked out. Let me Airbnb it. I kind of see the partner's way of thinking, but then the other side, you do have to have proof. So I personally would see if I could. Let's partner up on the Airbnb, close off the dates that we want to show the house, go from there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that makes sense. But then, um, I don't know. There's so many things that could go wrong. Someone could freaking that's mess true. up the house. Someone could burn down the house. Someone could do a bunch of crap, you know, yeah, and you're screwed. So your buddy was airbnb it. You made a few bucks, but the yeah. house got burned to the ground or they ruined that, something really that's expensive. That's what I said, man. You got to run them numbers, man. What if dude's bringing in five, six Gs a month to get you sitting there? <laughs> Shit, that's recouping costs. For sure, man. But yeah, man. But thanks. Good question. Go ahead, go Good question. Josh, what did you say? What was the name? It was, yeah, Josh from Washington. Oh, is it um, Josh from Bigger Pockets? <laughs> I don't know if it is. That would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a good question. But yeah, that was all, actually all of our questions for the day steve uh steve got all of our questions <laughs> steve asked some good questions that provided some good info so every time every time i see you i'm like man i gotta ask mike of this i gotta ask mike of that because yeah yeah you you see things in a different light you see things in a different way that's that's all i'm gonna say you know and most <laughs> and most mostly it's the money making way that's that's how i see it. i don't do this for money guys i do it for time I just find other creative ways to make money. <laughs> he does it for the money. <laughs> the, it's all about them papers, is what you yeah, say. All about that paper, man. It's about that paper. Did you? You wrote a ton of notes on it. Let's keep rolling. You wrote a ton of notes. Did we already cover all this stuff that you wrote? Down? Yeah, most of it's been covered, man. Yeah. Lifestyle should dictate your decision and arbitrage or owning. Uh, Toshiba Smart TV overtaking T- the TCL. And the, really? Yeah, the Toshiba Fire TV. Oh, Fire TV. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, I think it's like a Fire, you know, the Fire Stick. Yeah. So Roku, you know, Roku, the TCL Roku was killing it. So I guess the Toshiba TV came out with the Fire TV. And I even heard, um, I'm in Sean's from Airbnb Automated Group. He said he's starting, he switched to them as well. Hmm. So I've heard a few people switch to them. They're doing the Fire TVs instead. Man, I, I, um, Couple of my TCLs, man, they'll freeze up every now and then. I don't know what's up with that, and they're fairly new. Where the, the, at? At your Airbnb? No, my home, my home. The the Airbnb one never froze up ever. The first. Are you running it first... on the same Wi-Fi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I don't mean like freezing up just like as far as, um, you know, I'm watching the show and it stops. I don't mean like that. I mean oh. like I'll get to the home page and then I'll like start flipping to like go down to Sling or go down to Netflix or something. And then the whole TV would just stop. It'll just freeze. Nothing to do with the really? Wi-Fi. Just the actual functionality is starting to freeze uh, up. Well, they are cheap TVs. They're cheap TVs. <laughs> but they get the job done. But, yeah, they're cheap TVs. Because that's, that's, I have about six of them sitting here. I'm about to start rolling them out. Because, you know, I'm getting another Airbnb in Jacksonville, in Arkansas, in Jacksonville, Arkansas. What? Right by the Air Force Base, yeah. So, uh, arbitrage or what is it? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a man, I'm going to manage it. So, 
let me kind of give you the backstory on it. My mom, my, my parents invest in real estate and uh, they've been managing my house down there. And they had a tenant just move out of the, one of their houses in Jacksonville. My mom, you know, she's been managing my house and seeing how Airbnb works. And, uh, my mom's actually here right now. She's upstairs and she's actually got some really good business growth about Airbnb from doing it. But she is, she calls me. She's like, hey, we got somebody moving out. She goes, you think that uh, house we have in Jacksonville will make a good Airbnb? I'm like, I, I honestly don't know. I'm like, but I've always been interested in going to a place like Jacksonville because um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Arkansas has an Air Force base there. But it's one of those Air Force, the training bases. So it's like people in and out. After this group graduates, another group comes in. This group graduates, another group and their parents come in. So it's one of those. So I was like, oh, damn, we could try it. You know, let's test run it. So i about to get nice. that one up and running and test run that. I might do a full, I actually may do a walkthrough on our Live, Let, Thrive IG for everyone. So, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool! Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how we how we set up the how the share BNB sets up Airbnbs. <laughs> Grow it, man! Yeah. Got to keep growing. I need to, I need to jump into the next big thing. The next big thing. Uh, yeah, man. Cabbage. I need to get some cabbage too. <laughs> oh yeah, look into it, man. I still I'm still looking into it after they sent me that twenty four hundred dollar approval. I was like, hold up, play a cabbage tripping. Should I tell people about my big idea that I got in the works, or just uh, I don't want to put it out there? Not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, someone to steal my idea, but it's a very Airbnb friendly idea, and I'm, when I put it out there, when I start talking about it on the cast, it'll already be rolling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta, yeah, yeah, I gotta get that going. Um, yeah, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. I think. Yeah, man, we're, we have, we have. We're all over. Oh, 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 oh. I want to read something for you guys. Oh, good. And I, I texted you earlier today, and you said it got your um, your um, juices going in a way like you're um, wanting to. I don't know your hustle muscle. It got you. It got you moving for the day. And so we got a, a new um, a message on our um, or a new um, a rating. What, how they, you know rate us whatever describe they did do on uh, iTunes. For your podcast, and so um, this one is from their name. They put their name on there. Ta- Taylor, Taylor, T A Y L A R, like Taylor. First time I heard that. Taylor. Well, I guess it's Taylor, but it's spelled T A Y L A R. Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Yeah, I think I would say Taylor. Taylor. Okay, whatever. Her name. I'm not gonna say the whole name. Her name's Taylor. His, her, whatever. Um, it says my brain is on fire, and underneath it, they put five stars. And it said, listen to the 100th episode. Literally life-changing. I've been so sick of so many joker amateur podcasts that don't get down to the nitty-gritty because the facts are they don't know the (laughs) nitty-gritty. These guys are the real deal. They don't just talk about surface-level Airbnb stuff like sheets and lock systems, like most other podcasts, but instead they get real deep into the finances and give you actionable steps to grow your business. Thank you, guys. Yo, <laughs> that dude, if you he listen to this podcast, we'll say his name, full name, Taylor what? Okay, I'll say the full name. Or her Ta- name? Taylor Colangelo. Colangelo. You get a free LLT t-shirt. Like this one right here. If you... Hit us send, up. Send, send us an email. email. Hit us send up. Us we'll send you a t-shirt. Thanks for that review. That's dope, man. Much love. That is why we truly keep doing this for reviews like that. 
Yeah, that got us excited yeah. about it. Yeah, that's the review of the day right there. Review of the day. <laughs> Made a little theme song. Um, man, just, yeah, I've been hard at it. Well, kind of, with a new baby. You know, sleeping when we can, stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we got... We should do a family show one day, but yeah, I was telling, I was telling Micah, I was like, yeah, be prepared when you when your second one comes, because it's there's a lot of things they don't tell you in the you know raising children book. And, what is um, it? Well, I, I, to, to the first few days, it had a big impact on my on my two year old. Oh, you know, it was really? she was like used to being the center of the world, our world. She still is, you know, and she's yeah. used to having daddy all to herself kind of thing, and. um she was taking it pretty hard at the first few days, you know. She would want clinging to me, you know. She didn't want me to touch the baby kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah, it was getting real. Yeah, it was It's kind of intense. It was kind of like, yeah, it had me, um, had me thinking about all kinds of like, wow, man. She was just the only, you know. Yeah. Not, it, it, yeah. The, only, the only one here. And now we got another little baby girl here. And, and just, wow, it's just, um, yeah, it was just, it's. Be prepared for for moments like that because they they don't they don't warn you about that shit. <laughs> okay, this like, is what I'm saying about that. Do, I guess. The only reason that I was warned because this is also I guess it'll kind of get into like our personal lives a little bit here. I'm like the youngest. I'm the youngest, right? But there's a six year gap between me and my brother, and then there's my sister and then my other sister. So, but so from me from the youngest to the oldest this is an eight year gap. So. Me, I kind of know their, how they felt about me coming in. But when you're six years old and get a sibling, you can kind of prep them up for it because they're six and they kind of understand yeah, it. Yeah. When they're two, they're kind of getting like, oh, hell no, you bring this little baby up. In, you know, that's <laughs> kind of, you know, so that's why like Malachi, Malachi is four. I wish I would have had another one probably at, when he was two. But at four, I can kind of tell like I asked him, hey, you want a brother or sister? He'll be like, oh, I want a brother. I don't want a sister. I want a brother. But, you know, he kind of can prep them for, hey, you are eventually going to have a sibling. Right, you know? right, right. So, yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip because I, I, I figured that's what you were talking about. Cause you were like, yeah, man, it's kind of getting kind of hard over here. I remember you telling me that. So I was like, yeah, it's that. Yeah, if you have a two-year-old and another one comes behind it, you're like, well, what's that, you know? Yeah, man, it got me all teary-eyed, too. I was like, oh, man, it's crazy. It's a crazy moment we had, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, comforting her and stuff like that and kind of like you know in her little words telling me you know kind of and she did not saying it but you know you know you're you're my poppy you're my daddy you you know yeah. what are you you're supposed to be about me and, and that is she was in her own, own little you know two-year-old way of saying things i, I like felt this like yeah, wow, yeah you this can thick feel emotion kids, and i was like yeah, man this is crazy and i was kids. like yeah, nah, nah. and i just had all these memories when she was the baby and i was like man this it just yeah it all hit me it was really heavy you know, mix yeah. that with all the emotions of, of a new baby being born and then, you know, no sleep yeah. and mix it mix it all together. It's just the perfect storm of, whoa, it hits you, bro. And so, yeah, but like you said, well, well same with my brother. My brother's six years older than me, too. You know, we have a lot of coincidences, really? you and I. And, really? um, yeah, six years older, almost to the You're month. You're the youngest? I'm the middle child. I have six, oh, okay, six okay. years later, they had my sister. And so, okay. um, so... The, my dad's running joke was the the old Magnavox TV would break down every six years. That's why they would have. <laughs> that was the running it. joke. <laughs> I ain't never heard that one. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> so with those big gaps like that, we didn't. Um, 
you know, I, I, I just, I was never tight with my brother. I just say it, you know, because he, he was, like, yeah. off doing his thing with his friends, and, and I was the little tag-along brother he didn't want around. And, um, and me, yeah. to six years older than my sister, I had my thing going on, like I said. But, I mean, having them closer together, I think it, it is pretty good to do that because then they, they do form that, you mm-hmm. know, strong bonds, as it, you can say that. But um, So, like, you never went to high school with either your siblings, huh? No, no, no. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I was a lone wolf. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to high school with brothers and sisters. Like, they was all, they, well, they was all graduated. Well, well, now the good thing for me is seeing that I was the youngest and oldest by six, they were all at the house. I had the house to myself when I was in high school, you know, so I kind of do what I want. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, it's a big, you know, having kids, man, that's, that's, uh, it's a big deal right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, man. And um, that's a good episode. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a good app, man. Well, that was a real. You got to know a little bit about me and Steve. You know, yeah, you can always follow our IGs and learn more about us. Yeah, and hit us Facebook, up on Live Let Thrive at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, yeah, Facebook, yeah. Hit us up all that stuff. IG. Um, yeah. I guess my. You can last... add our personal pages too. I talk a lot about sports and stuff, so. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I guess my, my last bit of uh, thing to, to add is um, be sure to to close your doors and lock your doors and windows and cover everything and um, don't answer the door for nobody and just pray that you don't get killed. Man. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Some freaked up stuff going on in our neck of the woods. Yeah, man. We'll have to. <laughs> We're not going to go there, but... Yeah, there's some stuff been weighing on us, especially over in our area of, of Texas. Yeah. It's like Dallas uh, and Fort Worth. Ooh, heavy, heavy yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a uh, Patreon talking about it, giving our personal opinions. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay to play. Um, yeah. yeah, hit up our Patreon page because here's another cool thing about our Patreon page. Like this episode or every episode is going to be after we record it raw. You know, raw, live, direct, you know, unedited, boom, we just throw it on the page. So you get to hear all the stuff that we don't put in the shows, which is pretty neat. And, um, and, you, get to, and you get first dibs on, um, on all of our new episodes. And exclusive content that you don't get on our regular free episodes. And it only costs a dollar an episode. So that's, like, that's nothing. Come on. You, you can't even buy a coffee for a dollar anymore. And, <laughs> and then you can, or, or just five bucks a month, and then you get unlimited access to all of our stuff. So this episode will be going directly on the Patreon. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. And um, by the way, ladies who are ready to get their health and fitness game, be sure to follow Mahogany Artists on IG. She has all your fitness and nutritional needs. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen who want to get fit. Gentlemen too. But she's got her women specialist for the women's and single moms, the working moms, the moms who are too busy being a wife, wife moms, all that good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, man, hit her up. She's oh, got her stuff. A friend of mine, I, 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 she's been doing this for years now. She even even Channel 8 News, I think, interviewed her one time. And she started... She started mm-hmm. I think it was called Stroller Mom Fitness or something like that, like Stroller Moms or something like that. It's for women that just had the babies, you know, or mostly, I guess, well, not all stay-at-home moms, but, you know, different times of days. And she would take these women out to go little jogs and stuff and little 
Pilates and little exercises out in the park and with the stroller with their babies in the stroller and it was like stroller rides or stroller moms or something. I'll, I'll find the yeah, name of it. But it's, it's a good idea because a lot of women are, I can't go to the gym. I got a, I got a kid. Or if the kid if the gym don't have you know the time that they can take the kid or it's crowded or they don't want their kid getting sick or whatever the reasons. And but this she made it like a group of moms that have little kids and they, they incorporate the stroller yeah. in their in their workouts. This is that kind of neat idea? Wow, that's dope. That's there's dope. all kinds of um, yeah. There's all kinds of ways to to hit up this share economy to make some money. So, gotcha. Keep coming up yeah, with good man, ideas. Yeah, that y'all. was episode 103, and we are out. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.